What is up, podcast listeners? Neil here for another episode of the Remote Local Podcast with my co-host. What is going on, Johnny? What's going on, man? Happy to be back. Happy to be here recording another episode. Hey, second day on the job. I haven't got fired. This is good. <laughs> I know. Thank God, man. I was, I was, I was hoping I did get on the first go around. So <laughs> we'll try to keep this pace. There we go. Good stuff. Uh, well, Johnny's about to live that remote local lifestyle. He's heading to Tulum for a month at least, working remotely from there, managing his multiple businesses. Johnny, feeling pretty stoked about that? Yeah, man. Super excited. Going to Tulum for a whole month. We leave the 7th. We actually, technically the 8th, we're, we have like a 12 a.m. flight. So we're going to be taking off from you know LAX, and I'm going with Sergio, my business partner. Maybe we'll have him on. And uh, our girlfriend's. So it'll be fun staying in Tulum. I don't even know the exact area yet. We were talking about it a little bit before, but yeah, it's going to be like a workcation. Only downside is we check the forecast and we have a little uh, group chat called the Tulum squad or whatever. And uh, we, we, they sent the weather forecast and it's all just pouring rain the whole time. I think there's one sunny day I saw in there. So only bummer, but still going to be really hot. Still going to go to the beach. So. Yeah. And at least, I mean, that'll force you to just stay inside and do work. So why not? Um, what I was telling John before this is I actually love working from that side of the world because I am not an early riser. So having a three hour gap because of the time zone is so much so beneficial for me. I could just get up, do what I want, start work after 11 o'clock uh, that time. And it, it makes life so much easier. So definitely playing the time zone game for me. I love it. It makes life easier for me. Yeah, here for for me, I'm I'm a bit in the middle. Some I go in phases. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, grind. Got to wake up early, six o'clock. I'm up. You yeah, know, a cup of coffee, whatever. But lately, I've been. Uh, we have part of our home service academies. We have a seven thirty a.m. stand up because we we're talking to people all over the mm-hmm. U.S. So we're on Pacific time, seven thirty Pacific. Whereas we've got people on the team in Texas who are two hours ahead, and I just I envy them because they get to wake up later. And hop on these morning meetings, probably a lot more fired up than I am. Yeah. Over here waking up, you know, at seven, showering real quick, getting on. (laughs) All right, let's go, you know? Yeah. That'll be nice. That'll be nice for sure. Nice. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm, um, that's not John before. I'm heading to, I'm going to be working remotely for a while too. And in a few weeks, I'm heading over to Africa. I'm doing a um, motorcycle trip through Rwanda and Tanzania. And Johnny, get this. So I, I got connected with a dude. His name's Scott. He runs a safari company in in tanzania so we're gonna do safari which is like the standard things to do over there and then i was asking him like hey what other cultural activities can we do and he's like oh you know you could do you go see zebras giraffes you could go on a hunt with a with a hunter gatherer tribe and i was like wait what you say he's like yeah yeah we could we could we have an into this local tribe it's the last hunter gatherers in africa you could go stay with them and you could go on a hunt with them and i was like are you kidding me so I signed up and I'm going to go do that. And it was one of those where I'm like, I heard it and I was immediately like, I couldn't sleep. I was just so amped of just being able to do this. So, uh, you know, we go, I stay there t- for 24 hours. I learn how to do stuff in the morning. They'll wake me up. Um, and it, it's as tribal as like, hey, we're going to go raid a baboon camp today. Or, hey, we're going to go hunt some hogs today. And it's bow and arrows. They don't have guns. Um, it's called the Hudson tribe. They're the last hunter gatherers in Africa. So it's gonna be a cool experience, man. I'm I'm pumped for that. Yeah, dude. Of course you signed up for something like that. Yeah. I'm not surprised, <laughs> but that sounds, dude. That sounds so sick. Like I'm, to- I'm totally jealous of that. That sounds amazing. Like yeah. shooting bow and arrows with hunter gatherers in Africa. I can't wait wow. for that. Twitter- I can't wait for that Twitter thread. Man, it's uh, it's it's funny because every um, 
every guy I've told it to has the same reaction. Like, dude, that's awesome. And every girl I told it to is like, why would you want to do that? That doesn't sound fun at all. Like, it's definitely some sort of guy thing where everyone's like, hunter gatherer, we want to do this. Oh, absolutely. It's funny you bring that up. It's so crazy to me because I actually was talking to somebody who did something similar, but in Brazil. So oh, wow. I was at this, I was at this random family party, uh, tagged along with the girlfriend and we were in the jacuzzi. This guy comes up and me, I'm always like, yeah, what, what do you do, man? Like, tell me your story, whatever. Starts talking to me and his whole, this dude's whole, like he was 21 years old. His whole purpose was he was like saving up this money so he can go back to Brazil because he did this two month thing where he lived with the tribe, lived off the land, like super, just like basic, like yeah, simple living. Right. And uh, that's, that's his whole thing. He's just talking so passionately about it, how he's going back to Brazil. He's going to live like this and being, wow. Well, and I was, yeah, that's crazy, right? It's I, one thing, you know, to go do it on like an, an excursion, an experience, but to go live like that, yeah. Man, I need to, I need to talk to that guy. That sounds incredible. Yeah, hundred percent. You guys yeah. are getting along yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, hey, let's dive into the meat of the episode, uh, Johnny. What are we talking about today? Yeah, so we're talking about kind of leveling up, choosing your opportunity vehicle, maybe when to get out of one vehicle, meaning get out of one business. And maybe like level that. up to a new business. So uh, what that looks like lots of the time is repackaging what you learn throughout your journey and throughout, you know, building a business. And you take those learnings, you package it up, you sell it as some type of course, information product, some type of um, program, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what we're going to talk about. So Neil runs, you know, the only remote cleaning franchise and vacation rental franchise in the U.S. And then I have Home Service Academy, which is kind of similar but we don't um we're not more franchise really we just we help you start and scale remote uh, home service businesses whether that be window cleaning or house cleaning perfect so i like this summary and why we're talking about this is to get you to understand the different levels of entrepreneurship and i wouldn't say like one level is worse than the other there's just different scales and it's kind of like a natural trajectory is kind of what i've seen so i'll give you some examples for me i ran uh, made this spent quite a bit of time scaling it growing it and eventually he said, hey, I'm going to go to the next evolution of this, which is pretty much expanding made this. How do I do that? I'm going to do it via franchising by leveraging that aspect of it. And that means you have to share a lot of information, um, kind of just pretty much sell the package of what you've already learned to somebody else who's going to mimic it. Uh, I And I, I'll give you the other end of it. Johnny did the same thing, right? He scaled his window cleaning company, started a, a maid service company, and is repackaging that and selling it as kind of academy type of thing instead. Um, what I think Johnny, you've done really well is you did this early. Like I didn't even think, I didn't understand the concept of opportunity vehicles or different levels of entrepreneurship and business opportunities till much later till I started franchising. So I was running the same business for a while, but I think what you did really well, literally within one month after starting Mary and Mop, you said, all right, I'm going to start packaging this information and selling it, which is incredible. So I think you understood the concept very early. If, if, if I'm going to make a guess, is that right? Yeah. Well, early, it, it depends, right? So tw- just turned 24, uh, in terms of age, yes, but I've also been doing this for five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, some may think that's not long to me. It's felt like an eternity, especially building the window cleaning business, yeah. absolute grind, especially when we had like nine W2 employees, but I digress. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad I realized it at the age I did because I think too many people get caught up in like they start their first business and it's, you know, 
uh, it might be minorly successful and they feel like they need to stick with that and keep pushing when maybe the juice really isn't worth the squeeze. Maybe their industry doesn't have great multiples. Maybe that's something they're not thinking about. Right. And it's something that we would always go around and ask for advice, you know, talk to people who had bigger businesses than us. And we would always get the same thing. Like go keep, keep pushing, keep pushing, delegate higher, higher. Well, what they weren't telling you is some industries, it's a lot easier to do those things than in things like a window washing business, which uh, tracks low level labor, right? There's low career trajectory for the employees because oh, think about the type of person who's going to come clean windows for between 15 to $22 an hour and uh, you know work alongside the owner, right? There's no real career trajectory there. So you get lots of churn naturally. Um, and it's just a tough business to scale because if you want to add more revenue, you have to add more labor. And if you want to add that labor, that's coming out of your bank account. And so we were just kind of like stuck in the cycle of doing this, but never making money, never making money until uh, we, funny enough, Alex Ramosi, we talked about it last time, read hundred yeah. million dollar offers or just understood the concept of, yeah, this vehicle might have gotten you to this point, but is it really worth it to continue going down that path? If you know the juice really isn't worth the squeeze, like, what can we sell a window cleaning company for? Like how big in the first place are we going to have to get this window cleaning company to sell it for the amount of money that we want to make or even cash flow for us every month? Yep. So yeah, I'm kind of, kind of ranting here, but what do you think? What do you think about that? No, I, I think there's two sides of it. And I think it's an important discussion because there are people who would take that same path of saying, Hey, I'm going to learn something and I'm going to go for the, the higher scalable by selling what I've learned. And there's people who dive into it a lot. I'll give an example. Uh, John Wilson, Wilson, Wilson companies. Mm-hmm. He, he operates himself. He doesn't sell the information at all. He's this dude on Twitter who has a kind of a, a hold co and mm-hmm. he buys other HVAC companies and scales them, right? That's what he does. Um, so you could definitely be an operator and scale business large, or you could take what you've learned and kind of repackage it and sell it. Those are the mm-hmm. typically two things, two paths I have seen for people to go down for the next level of expansion. In general, like I, I 100% agree with the what Alex Hermosi is saying if hey to like you can keep grinding on one thing but at some point you probably want to do something slightly tangentially different right like for example made this I could keep growing it in Los Angeles and try to push and push and scale or I could expand to other cities um, and also sell it as a franchise maybe do acquisitions right that's like next level up it's not just on the one um, candidly I wish I did that earlier. Right. I wish I wasn't just grinding on one location for a while. I didn't even think like, okay, what's the level two opportunity? So I hope a lot of people hearing here hearing this will heed my mistakes, uh, if that's a mistake, or see what Johnny's already doing, which is getting to the level two opportunity quicker. And I'll give an example. Uh I had do you remember Donald Span, Johnny? He was on the podcast yeah. before. Call center. Call center. Yeah. I think he grasped this concept really well naturally. Um and he described it really well. What's a level one opportunity? What's a level two opportunity? Level one opportunity is running the business. Level two opportunities, maybe packaging it and either going bigger in scale within your business or selling it, selling selling the information, right? And he ended up selling a call center course based off of what he learned and he exited his call center. It's kind of what he did. So that's one example of the path that way. So I guess, uh, again, also rambling, I think there's so many ways to do it. I know there's people who are just like, you mentioned like, I think the tree trimmer dude in Orange County that you know is making like 10 million bucks a year and he's running his own business, right? So you definitely like can. million or something. It's ridiculous. And he's Crazy literally scale. operating the business. He's not selling the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's multiple ways to do it. But uh, I think the purpose, the point of what Johnny and I are both trying to make here is 
just realize there's other ways of doing this, right? You don't have to keep grinding in one business if that's not the best fit for you. Yeah, yeah what also, I, I agree, dude. I agree. And I, I subscribe to this thing. This like kind of, it's kind of new. I, I forgot what podcast I heard this on, but I was like, that is so true. So there's something called, uh, you know, there's product market fit in the startup world, right? Mm-hmm. In the startup world. Well, there's also founder market fit. Um, and hmm. I've experienced this just because I'm having one, a much better time running the e-learning business. I'm having a blast. It's a lot more fulfilling. We're able to provide a lot more value and just have a bigger impact in our customers' lives and what we're doing. So, uh, you know, we've got people tripling their income in their first month versus, you know, making someone happy cleaning windows. Not to say that's not a good feeling too, but the first thing I talked about is it feels a lot better. Yeah. So... I just lost my train of thought, man. I forgot. No, I, I think it's fine. Like it's, I think you were going down, know what type of person you are and what's going to make you happy. Many okay. times people shouldn't be selling information products or coaching because mm-hmm. they're going to be better just being operators. They're like, I love like just scaling and grinding, acquiring businesses, growing. That's fine. Don't, don't go into e-learning. Um, but I think that's the point you're trying to make. Yeah, exactly. And what I realized in the window cleaning business was if you want to build, uh, this is home service specific, if you're building mm-hmm. with employees and you know, you're trying to build a brand, it's really tough for me, not one doing labor sucks, especially when you do it year after year after year in the business Two, having to be up at the yard, 7am sharp, getting everything ready for the guys, making sure everything's good to go. Mm-hmm. It just, it was brutal managing lots of people, uh, not my thing. And I kind of felt a little, honestly, it felt like a little bit of a failure transitioning into, you know, e-learning and, and kind of picking that battle, but I just go back. Why do you to say that, Johnny? Uh, be, because you, we, we set out to do this goal of like, oh, we're going to get the window cleaning business to 10 million. And, you know, we're going to like build this huge window cleaning company, right? That was what we started out at 19. That was our goal. Um, well, obviously that's not going to happen. We're, we're in talks of potentially even selling the business. I haven't announced that yet, but we'll see how that goes. And it just, it makes you feel sometimes, you know, it's like the baby, your first business is kind of like your baby. It feels like your baby and you say you're going to do something and then you don't do it, right? You transition mm. to e-learning. Uh, but that's just honest. I, I don't give that too much. It's um, the word I'm looking for here. I don't acknowledge that too much because at the end of the day, we did build a really good company at cash flows in a unique way that I ended up tweeting about, which just led me to a better opportunity. There we so, go. Yeah, I don't feel too bad, but sometimes it does get in your head. Not gonna lie. And, yeah, and you also got to be willing to like you uh, learning. It's whole different. You got to be willing to adapt. So like, I'm getting in front of cameras all the time. I'm I'm filming content. I'm filming ads. Like total guru. Uh, and then it gets a bad look too. Like e learning gets a really really bad. It's a really really bad stigma when you see an ad pop up on your you know your Instagram or wherever you're running ads on. People are gonna be commenting. So you got to be ready for the hate. Like that's a whole new thing to deal with people and it kind of sucks just because like what? yeah there's there's so many scammer dudes which it sucks that you know yours is a legit product and a lot of people have legit products but then you have these guys hawking stuff they don't even know about and that's what gives the whole industry selling walmart and amazon automation and yeah forex trading groups yeah it gives yeah. you a bad luck so if yeah. you get over that stigma then you know it's a great business and it's cool because you've got people like donald's a great example He's probably crushing it with his call center course and it's on how to start a call center business. Like that's a level one business. Anybody can go into start and make some cash flow. 
Yep. Like I'm convinced there's there's a category of businesses out there that anyone can start that's super straightforward that they can cash flow in the first two, three months as long as they put their head down and actually get the good foundation set up. And they're mm-hmm. willing to pay for you know the knowledge and the shortcut because there is yep. the value there. Um, you don't get your time back, right? We're all going to die at some point. So, Well said. Um, one thing I do want to point out, uh, which I think would be very good for everyone to start doing, um, is repackaging what you've learned and putting out into the ether, into social media, into wherever, regardless of if you plan to go in the e-learning route or not. Uh, and here's why. Let's say you learn something, and let's say you read a book. You know, okay, I learned a book. I'm, I'm going to use this in my own business. Maybe spend a few minutes writing a tweet about it. Spend a few minutes writing a blog post about it. Putting it somewhere. Number one, because you retain it more yourself. Number two, eventually, maybe that could lead towards more people following you and more opportunities coming to you. Right. Instead of just keeping that information for yourself, go and share it and see what type of audience you build. Whether you get into repackaging or monetizing that audience or not, it, it's a little bit less relevant, but might as well have that option available to you. And the thing is, you're going to be learning stuff constantly in the entrepreneurial journey. Share it, repackage it, put on a blog, put on a YouTube channel, put on a Twitter post, just do whatever and don't even think about the end game yet. Um, that's one thing I wish I would have done earlier. Right. We all spend so much time reading books. Just repackage that information. You've already learned it. Uh, share with others, and I think that's going to allow for more opportunities to happen and more uh, avenues as you start to scale. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Like building a personal brand, or even just tweeting about what you're doing, can be so impactful. It changed my life. I'm going to sound dramatic, but it hundred percent changed my life. Like I went from cleaning windows in the field, started tweeting about, or I, I was I was in the field at the time, but you know, cleaning windows in the field, literally listening to a podcast. With Neil on the podcast and talking about hey, remote I had no idea. Drone windows, yeah. What what sub what subcontractors were? How to how to how to sub stuff out? How to use independent cleaners and contractors? And so, I'm only here because I started sharing my thoughts, and people thought it was interesting. And I yeah. can, I had a window cleaning business. Like that's to me, that's one of the most probably uninteresting things is a cleaning or a window cleaning business. But uh, that's how you're going to feel because you've probably been in that business for a while and you know everything there is to know, but other people don't. And so it's always cool to learn. People always like seeing new opportunities, new businesses they haven't heard about, or just cool stuff that you're doing that maybe they haven't heard about or, I don't know, they think is cool. So uh, you just never know. It opens so many doors, so many opportunities. You'll get DMs from people you would never expected. And even if it's not Twitter, TikTok, whatever, like there's so many good platforms out there right now to like increase your reach even if you don't have a phone mm-hmm. that will vet out the crappy content and only show the good content so if you're producing quality stuff as well then maybe it might show and you might be able to amass a following and and you'd be surprised what you can you can actually monetize down the road but i like what neil said don't 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 think of an end game now just start putting it out there but you'll be really surprised on what you can turn that audience into and it's wild the types of information that people will pay for like I've yeah. seen, I've, I've definitely seen so many things from, from you know, how to optimize your Tinder profile to how to uh, sell or this girl selling caramel candy apple, or a course on how to make caramel candy apples to bakers. <laughs> so it's just like, come on, everything, everything. Yeah. Uh, so quick summary over here, guys, since wrapping up the show, and I really like uh, what we talked about honestly because it made me think a lot as well. Um, Understand the concept of level one or level two opportunities. Typically, the business you get in isn't the only thing you're going to be doing. A lot of people kind of get stuck in it because they think, I must scale to this side. I must only focus on this. But the reality is, 
grab what you learned and start sharing it elsewhere. And you might end up with a level two opportunity sometime down the line. Who knows? But the most important thing in my mind, repackage what you learned, share it, and start thinking about how you could repurpose and scale in a different way rather than just focusing on your single business. So that'd be my summary here. Johnny, any, any parting thoughts? Yeah, very well said. Very well said. I do think um, if you are going to do, you know, repackage and go into that, you either got to pick one lane, either go all in or just sell the basic course and and let it go. Because if you're going to be doing extra things with the add-ons, you know, maybe you do live calls, maybe you've got a community. Um, it, you constantly got to be working on that and improving product just like any other business. So don't think of like, oh yeah, I've been doing this business. I'm just going to go make all this money in this space. It's still, it's still work. You still got to sell a good product. You can't just put some BS out there and expect to, to get tons of happy customers, but yep, pretty much agree with everything Neil said and really had fun. Really enjoyed this podcast. Good stuff guys. Well, thank you guys for tuning into the remote local podcast and we will both catch you next week. Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with Made This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do-it-yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.beremotelocal.com.